My name is Matthew Wayne Selznick, and this is Sonatotem. Wow. Yeah, it has been a while uh, since I've spoken to you in this medium, the lovely, wonderful medium of podcasting. Uh, it's been about a year, almost a year, 11 months, give or take, since my last episode, since the last episode of Sonatotum. But I, you know, even if I don't do another episode after this one for some time, I had to come back to the mic. I had to release an episode on this day, October 15th, 2019, because October 15th, 2019 marks the 15th anniversary of my very first podcast episode way back on October 15th, 2004. Man, that's a long time ago. 15 years is that's a chunk of change. That's a, a, a plenty of room, plenty of time for a lot of things to be different. I'm different. And I wanted to talk to you guys. And I wanted to observe this anniversary. And I wanted to think about and talk about all the things that are different. All the things that change over a decade and a half. And, uh, you know, reflect a bit. I mean, the whole purpose of this podcast is to try to share everything that I'm experiencing as I try to uh, make my way as a creator and hopefully teach you something along the way, even if it's just something you might learn, you know, almost by osmosis or by example uh, or or learn not to do, perhaps. And the other purpose to this podcast has always been to have a medium other than my blog, Scrib Totem, where if I want to just talk, I can talk. And if you're one of the lovely people who listens, well, you're lovely. <laughs> so before we go all the way back 15 years... I guess I owe it to the uh, the handful of people, if there are any of you there, uh, who have remained subscribed to Sonatotem all this time. Where have I been? What happened to the podcast? It was pretty fairly regular there for uh, 16 episodes. Well, guys, uh, guys and girls, November started, you know, I wrote about this. I wrote about this in Scriptotum. And I'll have a link in the show notes for episode 17. And I, I guess I really don't... I'm not up to repeating all that. So let me just say that I, I, I was away from the microphone myself. I haven't been away from podcasting. I produce um, a podcast called The Possibility Podcast with Mel Schwartz. And I am the content producer for another podcast, What Matters Most. Uh, the host of that show is Paul Samuel Dolman. Um, so I've been working as a podcaster, but I haven't, uh, I haven't been creating my own podcast content since. November of, uh, of 2018. What can I say? Um, I've, I've been occupied by creating things for other people. I've been occupied with some, some personal drama and some personal tragedy, to be frank. Um, hey, you know what? No, <laughs> tragedy is way too strong of a word. Uh, my mother died, but it wasn't a tragedy. She was 83 years old. She was ready to go. We had talked about it for over a year, planning for her uh, impending demise, I guess you would say. She uh, had diabetes and kidney problems and 
and all the stuff that comes along with having diabetes for decades. And she had elected to have no, uh, no extraordinary measures taken uh, in her care. So when her kidneys started to fail in the summer of this year, she went into hospice care and uh, she died at the end of August. But I got to tell you, I mean, so, yeah, I don't mean to seem like I'm blasé about the whole thing. It, it still strikes me hard uh, every now and again. I just uh, I'll find myself in idle moments suddenly saying to myself, my mother's dead. And it's it's a strange thing because not only, of course, was she my mother for my entire life, all 52 years, <laughs> um, but uh my life for the last several years has been defined as an elder caregiver. Once every two weeks, going down and seeing her and helping her with things, and then once a week, and then twice a week, and then these last few months, every third day, driving down to the nursing home uh, to, to be with her. So there's a big change. And yeah, uh, frequent listeners of Sonatotum will know that I, I, I don't work from a script. I don't usually work from notes or a bullet point thing or anything like that. I, I am winging it. So, you know, it's going to get a little rambly. Let's just say that this last year has been fraught with changes and a little bit of drama and lots of adjustments. I don't mean to make it sound like like things are horrible. In fact, I, as, as a freelancer, I'm having a pretty successful year. Uh, as a creator, not so much. Uh, I'm having, as always, my challenge is to find the balance between creating for others and creating for myself. I guess it's worthwhile to, to kind of pick up a little bit from where I left off with episode 16. Remember the autumn project, dear listener, um, back in October of 2018, I said that I was going to write my third novel the first of the Shaper's World Story Worlds novels, Light of the Outsider. And uh, the idea was that I would, I would write the first draft in the fourth quarter of 2018 and uh, kind of document it and, and share it with you along the way, share, share the progress with you along the way. Until uh, the beginning of October of 2019, the last time I really wrote anything substantively on that manuscript was, you guessed it, November of 2018. Shit got really busy and crazy toward the end of November. I had, well, I didn't have to, I wanted to support my partner as she experienced the death of two different friends about three weeks apart, totally unrelated to one another, but, uh, but just one of those things, uh, bang and bang, uh, heart attacks took two of our friends, very young, uh, our age, early fifties. And so that was pretty much November, December into January, uh, dealing with that and dealing with family members of those friends. And by dealing with, I just mean, you know, the, look, the after, I don't know if you've had an experience of death close to you, um, whether it's a relative or a close friend or anything like that, but there are ripples. There are, uh, there are aftershocks and it's disruptive 
And it's, uh, again, not to, I, it sounds cold if I say it's distracting. But it is, uh, you know, there's only so much room to deal with so much stuff. And big, heavy things come along now and then, and that's what you have to deal with. And that was the first part of 2019. Uh, and then I moved and there was some roommate drama. And uh, and then all of a sudden it was mom final decline. And here we are. <laughs> uh, like I mentioned, she passed away at the end of August. September was dominated with all of the ripple effects from her death, including, uh, you know, clearing out her apartment and dealing with all of her stuff. And as I started to mention, I'm just beginning to, to adjust to life without that particular responsibility, without the responsibility of being someone who is an elder caregiver. I honestly, it's weird to have the extra time, to have the extra day, to not feel like well, for one thing, to not feel like I have to have my phone on and fully charged and right next to me at all times. To know that uh, I'm not spending every third day on something other than my job or my creativity. It's a weird adjustment. But here we are. You know, I started blogging again. I picked up Light of the Outsider again at the beginning of this month. And I'm working on that steadily. I would love to. Let me rephrase that. I'll feel really bad about myself. And I know that's setting myself up and that's stupid. Don't do that. But I will. I'll feel really bad about myself if I don't finish that novel by the end of 2019. And really kind of get into a pattern and start being able to call myself an author again. And that's where we're at, folks. Um, so there's the update, lengthy, rambling, as is my want. That's where I've been, more or less, for the last 11 months. Busy, productive, helping others, earning a living, taking care of people. And yeah, I feel a little bit like it's my turn. So when I realized that the 15th anniversary of podcasting was of, of me podcasting was coming up mighty quick. Here I am. I had to, I had to talk to you guys 15 years, 15. I can picture myself in my office, in my house in Hesperia, California, where I lived with my second wife With, with an old mixing board from, from when I had been in bands, hooked up with every possible, I mean, it was a spaghetti mess of cables and cords to get the microphone and the mixing board to play nice with the computer, which, you know, 2004, what version of Windows was that? Was that, was that, uh, Probably Windows XP, right? I'm not sure. Um, and uh, I, I, well, you can listen to it. Uh, it, it. Like I think I mentioned, I've I've done a few takes of this episode already, so I'm not sure if I actually mentioned it in this take. But uh, you can find all those old episodes, almost all of my podcasts from 2004. Like I think there's. 60 odd episodes from 2004 on you can listen to that very first episode where I just willy nilly, I played uh commercial music, uh, you know, regular music without permission, without licensing. Cause who knew who nobody knew any better. Uh, we learned quickly, but, uh, yeah, I treated it like, uh, like a radio show. It was called the MWS media radio show podcast. And I remember 
the theme of that episode was was talking about my influences when it came to music and the music that moved me and changed me and affected me. Um, and then I'd play those those songs from those bands. The podcast evolved pretty quickly into one of the few that was exclusively focused on playing independent DIY unsigned musicians and spoken word artists from all over the world. And it was pretty neat for a while there. I, I would get uh, unsolicited sub submissions of music to play. I would get CDs sent to me from all over the planet. They would just show up in my post office box and I would play them. And then gradually bands like uh, Harvey Danger and uh, Peter Case and Kristen Hirsch of the Throwing Muses would start to put stuff out and declare their music pod safe. That was the phrase we used back in the day, meaning that either it wasn't licensed by uh, ASCAP or BMI or any of the, the licensing companies out, out there, or the licensing partners or the songwriters themselves said, you know what, go ahead and play this in podcasts. We're not going to sue you. So, you know, that was, that was neat too, because I loved all these artists who were starting to release their music for podcasters and uh, played it all. I remember uh, having a little mini benefit to raise money after Hurricane Katrina. I remember uh, playing the spoken word pieces that that my my ex-girlfriend from high school was putting together with a DJ. Uh, I remember playing Jonathan Colton, who, of course, went on to do all kinds of stuff and is currently uh, a co-host on an NPR game show. And Samantha Murphy. And, uh, you know, I'm going to forget so many of these artists. Uh, Eugene Edwards, who is Dwight Yoakam's guitar player now. Um, it was neat. It was fun. In my personal life in 2004, I was still working for Borders Books and Music. There was still a bookstore chain called Borders Books and Music. I was working in the Pasadena branch, Pasadena, California, and driving an hour both ways, to uh, to where I lived in Hesperia in the high desert, Southern California. My relationship with my wife was unsteady and rocky at best. I was not happy. I uh, hadn't figured myself out. Well, let's say I hadn't figured myself out to the degree that I have figured myself out now. There's always room to continue figuring, <laughs> but I was, I was a mess folks. I, uh, I was depressed and emotionally stunted and I didn't know myself and I was making poor choices and, uh, it was a, a, a pretty dark time. I mean, not that there weren't, flashes of, of joy and flashes of good things. And, and, but to be able to put my energy into this thing called podcasting was, was pretty, pretty great. It gave me a focus. It gave me a larger purpose. It gave me my first real sense of belonging to a community that was not, you know, immediate friends or geographically close by. Back then, yahoo.com had a pretty active forums section. And the Yahoo Podcasters forum, it was where it was at for uh for all of us uh early podcasters. I mean, this was <sighs> This was before iTunes had podcasting support, okay? This was uh, 
this was before, I mean, you had, it was early days, gang. You, you could not listen to podcasts on your phone unless you downloaded them to your computer first and then transferred them just like any other MP3 file. It was, there were a lot of barriers to entry for listeners and frankly, for, for creators as well. I mean, now there are services like Anchor where you can pretty much just use your phone <laughs> to create a podcast. Back then, boy, we, we were we were chipping away at the rock and finding the podcast buried underneath, you know? Uh, <laughs> do you know that metaphor? That that but we were all figuring it out together. And there was this sense of this pioneer spirit with a little bit of rebellion. It was punk rock, man. Uh, it was the DIY ethic. Uh, my phrase back then that I was sort of, I mean, in as much as I was known for anything, I was sort of known for the phrase doing it yourself should never mean going it alone. Meaning, hey, kids, let's put on a show. You know, if you wanted to make something, find other people who are into it and just make it. And that's what podcasting was. Podcasting could be anything. I mean, these days, it seems to be dominated by some large media companies and there's consolidation going on. And, and many of the most popular podcasts are NPR shows or you know, many of the most popular podcasters are radio personalities and actors and comedians. And it's, it's a thing now. And it amuses me when I hear podcasters say, yeah, we've been doing this for a while now. We've been doing it for eight years or nine years or 10 years. I remember, <laughs> I remember when it started and there aren't that many of us who are still doing it. Who remember when it started and granted, okay, it's been a year since I did one of these. So am I one of the people who are, is still doing it? Well, I know. Well, I'm still involved. I still care. So. I have another another kind of important anniversary coming up next year when it comes to podcasting. And that's the 15th anniversary of the debut of my first and only podcast novel. Podcast novels used to be a thing, folks, uh, wherein independent authors would narrate their own books a chapter at a time, a chapter per episode, and release them for free to the world as a marketing promotional kind of effort so that the listeners of the free podcast would turn around and, and purchase the ebook or the paperback or whatever. Ebooks were just beginning to be a thing in 2005. I mean, you know, they've been a thing for a long time, but I mean, 2005, they're again, just like when podcasting started, Apple didn't have podcasting incorporated into iTunes and, and it was, it was wild west in 2005. When, when I released my first novel, I released it in five different ebook formats as a paperback and as a free podcast. And the only one of those things that was really widely available to, to, to Joe and Jane on the street was a paperback book. People weren't really reading ebooks. People weren't really listening to podcasts, but I knew they would be. And I'll tell you what, that podcast of Brave Men Run, I, it definitely changed my life. And there was a whole new community of podcasters who were also authors, double indies. On the, on the pioneering edge of podcasting, which was on the pioneering edge of, of expression. 
and on the pioneering edge of publishing, self-publishing. Self-publishing used to be, be looked down on. It was a last resort. It was a, an ego stroke gesture. Vanity publishing, they used to call it. But again, we said, fuck it. Let's put on a show. Let's publish books. After a while, just like Apple caught on with podcasts, Amazon caught on with ebooks. And the Kindle was born. And the Sony Reader. And the Nook. And everything changed. And here we are. I miss some of those people. I, I miss Sarah Ely. And I miss Mer Lafferty and T. Morris. I still hear from J.C. Hutchins pretty regularly, but, you know, pretty much just on social media. We all used to see each other a few times a year for a couple of years there, two or three years, at the Podcast and Portable Media Expo, and at a couple of the science fiction conventions, Dragon Con, World Con, Balticon. It's been a long time since I've, I've gone to any of those. 2007, in fact. But yeah, it was so nice to feel as though we were all part of a tribe. And there was. There was so much cross-pollination and cross-promotion and, and collaboration. Uh, it was magical. <laughs> I did a couple other podcasts. In 2006, 2007, I did a show called Writers Talking through a company called TalkShoe. Uh, and TalkShoe's gimmick was you could do a live internet radio broadcast, which they would then automatically turn into a podcast. So I made a call-in show. Why not? I had, I do interviews with a small panel of independent writers and we'd have a different topic each episode, different writers each episode, different topic each episode. And, and then this was the brilliant thing in the, well, it seemed brilliant to us because it was just like what people on radio did. And here we were doing it in our living rooms and in our bedrooms and in our basements and, and closets. People recorded in closets because it sounded, it sounds quieter because the sound is buffered by the clothing all around you, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, writers talking after 20 minutes or so of panel discussion, I could literally open up the phones and people could call in uh, and, and talk to these authors. And, and, and that was pretty cool. It didn't last long. I think it was, mm, I honestly don't remember maybe 10 or 11 episodes, including a live one at one of those conventions. And you know what? I will try to find the uh, the archive of those episodes. That might be a little rough. Uh, I might not have enough time to put them up or find them to also be able to make sure this episode gets out there on the 15th of October. Um, but I'm going to try to... Uh, my goal is to make sure that all of my podcast episodes are uh, available. All the old podcasts are available on the Internet Archive, so anybody can listen to them. And they are kind of preserved for as much uh, as close to forever as we get to do with electronic media. So writers talking. And then I did a show called uh, Five Minute Memoir. Um, where I invited people to record little vignettes from their own lives in five minutes or less. Uh, and I think I did six of those. It's hard to get people to contribute content. And I actually even sold the domain for Five Minute Memoir for a while to an old friend of mine. She didn't do anything with it for several years. So earlier this year, I bought it back. 
And I would love to resurrect Five Minute Memoir. In fact, if you go to fiveminutememoir.com, you'll see that you can uh, uh, sign up for a little more information and to find out how you can contribute your Five Minute Memoir. Uh, if I could get maybe a dozen submissions to that, I will relaunch the podcast. I'll do it on a seasonal basis, you know, like they do with TV shows. So there'll be a season one of five minute memoir, but I need, I need contributions. And <laughs> I bought the domain names back and then the stuff happened with my mom over the summer and I haven't given it the attention that I'd like to, but five minute memoir, that was fun and neat. And with your help, it'll come back. Go to 5minutememoir.com or check the show notes for this episode at mattselznick.com. And what else? Yeah, I kind of put off podcasting except for occasional episodes of, uh, of Sauna Totem. You know, the, really the same show, the MWS Media Radio Show podcast. Eventually, I shortened the name to the DIY Endeavors podcast. And then I called it... Uh, Sonatotem for a while. And then I think I went back to the DIY Endeavors podcast for a while. Um, and now here we are, kind of in a different form, starting from number one again. And now here we are in number 17 with Sonatotem. I also did a, a, a little podcast called uh, I Know This Much, as in I Know This Much. And that was meant to be kind of an opinion ranty show. And it was audio and video. Did a few of those. To me, look, the secret to podcasting, the secret to podcasting success. <laughs> if you want success as a podcaster, you have to put out episodes consistently even though it's sort of the Wild West, even now, human nature, people will not invest their own time and their own energy into something that they don't think is going to be around. And so you have to be consistent with podcasting as a podcaster. You know, if you say you're going to do a show up uh, every week, then put out a show every week and do it for a long time. I have not been consistent with podcasting for a very long time. And to be honest with you guys, I don't really care to. I'm not, I don't podcast to become a giant podcaster peddling Casper mattresses and, and me undies and, and whatnot to the world. I, I, I don't necessarily care if I make a crap ton of money off podcasting or have a gigantic world-shaking audience with podcasting. Podcasting to me is another way to share and to teach and to connect. It's all of a piece to me. When I want to share and teach and connect through writing, I write an article on my blog, Scrib Totem. When I want to share and teach and connect with my voice, I have Sonatotem, the podcast. So, here we are. <laughs> 15 years. Um, how many jobs in that time? Borders? which I left uh, on Black Friday of 2005 to become a part-time freelancer, a part-time promoter of Brave Men Run, that first novel that had just come out. And I took a part-time job at the Barnes & Noble uh, in the town where I lived, basically for grocery money. And my wife supported us for a little while there, mostly while I tried to make a go at uh, being a writer and a podcaster and, and uh, I was doing it for a bit there. 
book signings and panel discussions and talks and writing. And, uh, and then uh, I worked for a, uh, first as a freelancer contractor, and then as an employee, I worked for a digital marketing agency called Jet Set Studios. We did websites. This was back when Flash was still the big technology for websites. And we did websites and videos, original content and, and viral features and a few apps. But boy, it was early days for apps um, for motion pictures and television. We did uh, all of uh, all of Judd Apatow's movies. Um, you know, when I first started there, we were just finishing up the campaign for Get Him to the Greek. And I myself uh, produced the website for Bridesmaids. And um, we did, uh, yeah, uh, Knocked Up and, you know, all of those kind of early seminal Judd Apatow and Paul Feig movies. Uh, I learned a lot there. We all we had original content that we made there, too. Um, that wasn't, you know, for hire. Uh, a TV pilot and an animated series. It was neat. Um but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that those guys who ran Jet Set and I, I, we had our differences and we kind of had a falling out, but I do kind of miss them. Time heals all wounds or wounds all heals or something like that. Um, but they, uh, I kind of feel like Jet Set was their toy box. And so they 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 made money to keep Jet Set going so that they could play with their toys, their own creative stuff. And it got ahead of them and they ran out of money. And uh, when they couldn't afford to pay me, um, they laid me off. Uh, and I did a little bit of freelance stuff for them after that, but gradually transitioned to just draining unemployment for as long as I could while I tried to build up my freelance career and jet set studios, uh, after I think it was November of 2011, that was the last full-time regularly employed job I've had. I did a, a short stint with a, uh, a human resources software company at the beginning of, uh, 2018. But even that was as a temp worker. And uh, yeah, I haven't uh, all I've done full time with wildly varying success since the end of 2011 has been work as a freelancer, helping other creative people bring their creative endeavors to fruition, to market and to an audience podcasters and authors and small businesses and, and musicians and actors and, uh, uh, yeah. But it's been scary and it's been, uh, it's been inconsistent, uh, and difficult. Uh, and it's just beginning to get a little easier I think I finally, <laughs> after all this time, knock on wood, I, I, I have enough momentum and enough happy clients that um, the referral wheel is starting to really turn well. But yeah, you know, I, I kind of, uh, so that's, yeah, 15 years. Uh, and a good portion of that has been as a freelancer. You know, that, that second marriage that I mentioned, we lived in Hesperia, uh, that marriage finally, finally crumbled, uh, at the end of 2009, I got the hell out of the desert, moved back to Southern California, back to a town that I love long beach, met a girl. We were together for, uh, uh, about four years maybe a little more. Um, that dissolved suddenly there. Let, let's just shorten this up. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, uh, a couple of times now I have tried to sort of recap 
my personal life over the last 15 years with the idea of, of trying to express how much has changed in the last decade and a half since that first podcast episode, just for me. And, you know, yeah, we talked about the work situation and I started to talk about relationship stuff and, and it, it just got, I got a little too detailed. Let's just say that, uh, when I first did that first podcast episode, psychologically and in terms of self-awareness and, and frankly, mental health, I was not so good. I was emotionally self-destructive and, and, and I was a master compartmentalizer, self-sabotaging, depressed, and, uh, and honestly, I, I think over the last 15 years, it's taken until, I would say, within the last four, where I feel a little bit more like, if I'm not like, if I don't always have a handle on my shit, at least I recognize my shit when it's, when it's flying all around <laughs> and I can duck or get a butterfly net or something uh, before it gets too crazy. Thinking, you know, anytime there's a milestone, like 15 years, I don't know about you, but I can't help but, uh, but look back a little bit and look forward. You know, I said it before, I, I, I'm not, yet entirely adjusted to my new reality, my new new reality. And that is the reality of not having a parent to take care of. Not, you know, if my mother would completely understand my saying this, to, to not have that dominate my life, whether directly or indirectly, I'm just kind of figuring out how to, what to make of all that extra energy and time, mental and physical energy, creative energy. You know, I wrote about my mom uh, on, on Scrib Totem, my blog. And the point of that article was to recognize just how much of a champion she had been for my creativity and for my creative aspirations. And now that she's gone, um, not that this is her only legacy, but I feel yeah, responsibility is, I don't want to put that on myself because that's that. I know myself well enough that if I say I am now responsible for making sure that my mother's dedication was not wasted now that she is dead. No. Yeah. That will just, that's too much pressure. Uh, I know that I will fail if I put that on myself. So I don't necessarily feel like I am the creative embodiment of my mother's support and encouragement. And that I'm, you know, if, if I don't, make it as a creator, whatever that means that I have failed her somehow. No, that's bullshit. But I, uh, I do feel, you know, it's memento mori. Remember that you will die. And I, I, I look at the last 30 years of my mother's life. And I recognize that, <laughs> I probably have about 30 years left. And there's no telling how, what kind of shape I'll be in as we get closer to the end of those 30 years. Or even, indeed, if I'll get more than another three years or 30 days or three weeks or three minutes. Who knows? Anything could happen. Anything could happen. And I don't. 
it's selfish and it's ego and it's fear, but so be it. I don't want to end up on my deathbed with all of these stories untold. With all this music unrecorded. So if anything, that's that's the that's the fuel that is pushing me right now and will hopefully sustain me for the next 15 years. And when I'm looking at my 30th anniversary as a podcaster, I'll have I'll also have a huge body of work. So I can say, yeah, in that 15 years, I put out these books and these albums and these poetry collections and who knows what. Don't forget that you will die. And so make things, right? Podcasting is all about, as I've said many times during this episode, wanting to express yourself and just taking the available tools you have at hand. Technology has given us so many more in the last decade and a half. Taking the available tools you have at hand and making the thing and putting it out into the world. It's not art. It's not art until someone else other than yourself experiences it. Make the thing and put it out in the world. And that's, that's what podcasting let us do. Continues to let us do. And that's what self-publishing allows us to do. And independent music releases. I mean, hell, the wide open creative world that was just beginning to, to spread itself out before us 15 years ago is infinite now. <laughs> And it might seem like a crowded playing field, but it's not. It's not because we only need to concern ourselves with the people who like the things we make. I have been saying to people, I guess it's my new catchphrase, make things for people who like the kinds of things you make. The marketer, Seth Godin, would say, people like us do things like this. And what we're both saying is do things, make things for your tribe and ignore the rest. You're not serving the people who aren't interested. You're serving the people who love you, who love your work, who will love your work. You can't see me, but it <laughs> talking about this stuff makes me smile. And it reminds me that I'm on the right track. And it reminds me of why I talk to you in this microphone in the first place. Because eventually I come around, we're somewhere around, I don't know, close to an hour now. It'll probably get edited down by the time you hear this, but I've been standing in front of this microphone for at least an hour, and that's much more talking than I'm used to doing. Anyway. When I talk to you guys in Sonatotum, it usually ends up inspiring me, and I hope it's inspiring for you. I'd love to know that you've been inspired, that hearing about my last 15 years as a podcaster, as a creator, as a human being who continues to create and sometimes podcast and for sure be a human being. I, I hope it, it there's something in there that, that you can relate to. And I want to hear your stories. How's it been for you? Huh? How are you doing? What's your last 15 years look like? Are you satisfied with where you're at? Because if you are... Be careful about that. Don't get too comfortable. But at the same time, 
you know, I hope you've been doing more than I have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, happy 15th anniversary to podcasting. And to me, what the hell, as a podcaster. And thank you. Thank you, all you people from those salad days, 2004 to 2008 or 2009 or so. I love you people. I miss you people. Uh, I wish we... I wish you all well. And to you folks who have been listening to me in one form or another, from show to show to show to show to inconsistent, occasional show (laughs) over the last decade and a half, you amaze me. I'd love to hear from all of you. Whatever you want to say. You can email me at mwsmedia at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment in the show notes at mattselznick.com for this episode 17 of Sonatotum. Or you can uh, go to mattselznick.com and just go to the contact page and uh, leave a comment or a message there. If you want, uh, if you want to email me a little voice message, um, just record something on your phone or on your podcasting rig or whatever. Um, yeah, record it down as a short wave file or as an MP3 file or whatever, and email that to me at mwsmedia at gmail.com. And if I get enough audio comments, maybe that'll inspire me to put up another show. Let's talk about your last 15 years, your last 10 years as a creator or as a, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you've produced anything or sold anything or anything. What have you been doing as a creator? What have your challenges been over the last decade and a half? What have your successes been your wins, your victories? What's next? I'm excited to find out. My name is Matthew Wayne Selznick. Take care. <laughs>